his um, his hair hung down over his shoulders almost like a mane. Like he had like long hair coming off his head. Um, I think that it knew that it was scaring us. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And just darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. I knew what I heard was God. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. On today's episode, I talked to Jill. She is a paranormal investigator and also the proud owner of the Boyd House. It is uh, her her new line of work. She has bought a haunted house that she can now privately and independently investigate. Um, she can invite whoever she wants to to come over and take this stuff out without having to worry about any kind of tampering with, uh, with her work. Uh, I'm lucky to have this show on here today for whatever reason. And I'm not saying it's paranormally related, but I'm not saying it's not, um, for whatever reason, the speakers in my computer didn't just stop working. They didn't just uninstall. They disappeared. Um, they're physically there, but they cannot be found by any troubleshooting technique I can possibly come up with. So I had to kick it old school on this episode. It's an older episode. Uh, I recorded this on Christmas break. Um, but it had to be done through my phone because I, there was no other way. Um, also, pay attention to what you hear on this episode. Um, I'm, I just now did the edits, and in the last minute of our interview, I picked something up, guys. Um, clear as a bell to me, but I want you guys to listen and tell me what you thought, uh, if anything. But I know when I was doing the, the final cuts here, uh, it gave me chills. I got a real uneasy feeling because that was neither of us talking. So enjoy the episode, and uh, here we go. Hello, my name is Jill Shelley. Um, I've been a paranormal investigator for well over 10 years. I've just always really been into and fascinated by the paranormal since I was just a young child. I like to just sit um, with my cousins and tell the ghost stories in the dark, or we used to listen to ghost stories in the records in the dark, and just kind of watch like scary movies and things like that. But my grandmother's house, so my first experience with ghosts was actually at my grandmother's house, and I'm not exactly sure how old I was, maybe like 8, 10, something like that. And it was just me and my parents sleeping over, and my grandmother sleeps downstairs. But there was always this room up there that none of us ever liked. It was always cold and it always felt like somebody didn't like you or be in there, like they were just always watching you. Um, so we would never play in there. And I just remember one night waking up and hearing footsteps coming out of that room and standing in the doorway at the bedroom I was sleeping in. But because I was a younger child, I was too terrified to turn around to look at it. But it was the most intense feeling that like somebody, if you ever feel like when somebody's like staring at you and you turn around and there's somebody looking at you, it was like that, but like a hundred times more intense than that. Um, and then you just kind of heard a, <sighs> and then turn around and you heard the footsteps walk away. And so that really creeped me out. And I, you know, I, I knew it wasn't my parents because I could hear them both snoring in the next room. And mentioned it to my grandmother who just kind of said, oh, honey, that's just a ghost and he's not going to hurt you. And my grandma, 
grandmother was very, very religious. So for her to say that to me, I was like, wow, so if grandma's not afraid, this this might be something pretty cool. So then I just kind of started learning and, uh, you know, you go to the library because I'm back in the day before we had computers and um, just kind of studying a little bit about uh, different things about ghosts, learning everything I can. And then as with the advent of television had come around, you were like, oh, my gosh, people actually do this. So then I, uh, 2010, met a great group of people that were really into the paranormal, and we founded a group called St. Croix Paranormal and started traveling all across the United States to well-known haunted locations to do investigations. St. Croix Paranormal, you said? St. Croix, yep. Okay. Sweet. Is that is that out of Minnesota? It is in Minnesota. Um, we originally were based out of Stillwater. Now we've all kind of moved through different areas of the state of Minnesota. Um, but that's, that's kind of where the team originated from. And then what we would do is we started out just like doing private homes and businesses, um, you know, helping clients kind of, you know, we, we never removed ghosts. We were just always there to kind of help, you know, affirm that, yes, you do have spirits or no, this is just, you know, something going on in your house because of the wiring or, or whatever. So we would kind of help them get through those situations. Um, we did a couple, um, we did a, a bar one night in downtown Stillwater that was probably our first business that we actually investigated and uh, we got a, a lot of experience or not experience, we got a lot of evidence when we were at that location that we actually had um, a shadow figure and we actually captured it on film as well and with, the, with this particular bar, uh, there was a woman that was thrown out the window and she was murdered and then like a couple of other people had died there just a lot of rich history um, to that building and I just remember we were running or we were about to run a spirit box session and I turned to one of my investigators and I'm like oh my god it's like really cold in here like the temperature just like dropped a ton and you would get like the goosebumps and it was just this most intense feeling and then we both happened to look over and going across the window which is a second story window so it's not wouldn't be from anybody walking down below on the sidewalk and plus it was about three o'clock in the morning um just this shadow figure that just came across the whole window and it just it moved it was like a black shadow mass but it kind of moved like the 3d effects kind of do yeah. um, in the movie and it was just then we just both looked at each other like you just see that and then just happened that we actually caught that on film was just amazing as well that is amazing do you have a place where uh well i usually ask this at the end but do you have a place where people can go to to see these videos or are they just on uh previously uh, previously recorded equipment or something uh no you can actually go um saint uh to our youtube page under saint croix paranormal and all of our videos that we've ever done um our mini videos and we used to just do a little uh, cable show that we just produced here locally just for fun um those are all up there and well so that kind of goes through our adventures and shows all the evidence and all the different places we've been throughout the u.s Oh, that's so cool. Okay, well, I I can try to put a link to that in the show notes. I'm horrible about that. I've never done that before, so I'll, I will try to start <laughs> with you. With you, I'll, you'll be the first one to do the show notes for. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me more about, like you said, uh, you use a spirit box. Um, I'm I'm pretty familiar with that, but some people may not be. And can you tell us a little bit about the spirit box or whatever your favorite techniques are and things that have worked for you? Uh, yeah, the, like I said, the spirit box, that's actually one of my favorite paranormal investigation tools. Um, again, for those who aren't familiar with it, um, it's a modified radio that's actually scanned from one end of the spectrum to the other, usually within one one-hundredth of a second. And scientifically, you cannot talk in one one-hundredth of a second other than maybe like the word high. But it scans so quickly, and especially um, if you're getting like a full sentence or a couple words or a swear word definitely not a dj because it's scanning so quickly through that um so it's it's one of my favorite tools to use and i i had like i think my favorite gosh i have so many of those uh, results on there but i think one that kind of really debunked in a way uh i myself always run mine on am just so we don't get any music distortion 
but we'd actually were, were doing a private home and it was a historical home. Um, it actually belonged to Captain Jenks, who was the riverboat captain of Stillwater, and he was a very well-respected businessman. Um, and his family called because everybody in the house was having interactions with spirits except for the father. And the father thought the whole family was crazy. And he was like a professor, professor at a university, and then He'd give me his business card, and besides the Ph.D., he had, like, all these other, like, master's degrees and doctorates and physicists and, I mean, a very, very intelligent man. I totally did not believe in the ghosts, you know, anything like that. But I was running the spirit box at his house, and I said, whose house is this? And it came clear as a bell over. It said Captain Jenks. So he just, like, his whole face dropped because he knew the probability of that to even come out of that box. Yeah. To say that. He was like, uh, he had no exclamation. I made him a believer that day. And that, I think that was like one of my little awesome experiences with my spirit box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing like watching somebody go from skeptic to believer, is it? Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was fun. But I've gotten so many like full sentences. I've gotten swear words. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a fun tool, tool to have. And you know, they have, I've gotten them with like different, you know, different, like even Southern accents, you know, different voices and, yeah. and just, just things like that. And, and they're always direct answers to my questions. It's never just like a random word that's popping out. It's like, I asked a question and they completely answered it. Wow. Um, so it's, 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 it's like I said, there's so many, you'd have to check out our, our YouTube page to see everything that we've gotten, but you know, there are, there are a few that I have had that, that stand out. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely go to your YouTube page and subscribe. Um, so the Spirit Box, it's nothing like the uh, iPhone app or anything where you, you sit there and it just starts blurting out random words that don't really mean anything, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right, right. And that... That to me more is like, uh, oh, gosh, I can't even remember what it was called. Um, we had one, but we got rid of that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I and I don't know, and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to knock phone apps. I just, I'm old school, so nobody get all upset, you know. I'm like oh, a yeah. dinosaur. So I like the old stuff, you know. I don't like new stuff. Maybe they work. Maybe they don't. I don't know, but I just like to stick with my stuff. So, um, yeah, I just like, I don't. I don't know how that thing works very well. I mean, you know, sometimes, but I kind of feel like the things that just spit the words out, like you have to make up a story, you know? Right. Like, oh, you said to go over here, and then, oh, somebody died over there, I think, because you said the word, you know, so I kind of feel like you're, it's very misleading. It's not true to everything. Our, our group time that tends to be more on the scientific side of things, like every time something goes off, I'm like, okay, but could it have been this? Or could you think somebody go stand there and put their phone up there or, you know, things like that. We try to, after we have our experience, get through that moment, then it becomes, okay, did anything else cause that? Nice. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. Now, people people will always, just like going to a psychic, you know, and I, I've been to psychics. I've, I've been to some that I think are absolutely the real deal, and I've been to some that I think are, you know, cold reading. But going into a, a paranormal location is a lot like to me it's a lot like going to a psychic and you want that experience so bad you want to experience something um sometimes people will try to make it an experience when it, like you said it might be something else you know right right and the mind will play tricks on you and like you said if you go in I, and i think a lot too with any investigator, if you, if, depending what type of attitude you go in with when you get to a location, is going to pretty much derive how your activity is going to be. Yeah. So well, I that... think sometimes if you just come in like, Ugh, nothing's going to happen. Why am I even here? You know, I don't. You're probably not going to get anything. Um, you know, so I just kind of feel like too, and and we'll have that too at as places we've gone. You know, just different energy levels that day. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like with anything. Well. I've noticed on your email it had a certain uh, location as as your email address, and I know we're recording this right now on December 21st, and it'll probably be a few weeks before I get this on air, um, but I know that you were also a guest on Tony Merkel's show, The Confessionals, 
and spoke about something that I think is extremely interesting. And I would love to hear you talk about it on here if you would like to. Um, and that's the the haunted house that you've purchased. Oh yes, yes. That's uh, yeah. What what happened was is since our group spent ten years traveling around to all these other haunted locations, and I thought to myself, gosh, it would be super fun to have my own place where I could just go anytime I want and then let other people in to do investigations and see what kind of stuff they get, and it'll just be kind of fun. And in a way, it'll be a collaboration because you can start, you know, verifying, like, oh, everybody's getting this voice and everybody's getting this. So it's like you can start put pieces together. Um, so I was able to, it's been almost two years now, um, I finally was able to purchase uh, my own haunted house and fulfill my dream on that. And I remember when we were looking for houses to buy, because you don't, like, advertise your house, but, hey, my house is haunted. Um, I was just kind of going off my gut feel, so I would look through the MLS and, and be like, Ugh. so I found this house in Boyd, Minnesota, and I was just really drawn to the pictures. And I went, and with my realtor knew this is what I wanted to do, so we had to do many investigations when we would go to the house. And so I brought some of my equipment, and right away um, we had one of our brown pods go off in like eight minutes, and um, people don't know what that is. It's just a, basically an electromagnetic detector, but it, it radiates like a circumference around it, so if that barrier gets broken, um, then, they, then it'll alarm. So within eight minutes that was going off, we did get um, some spirit box responses. But the one I got was some woman saying, who are you? So I don't think she understood what was going on. I don't think anybody's ever really reached out and talked to them. And um, just just a really good feel about it. And then I also checked with a psychic that I really trust, and she said that there were six spirits in the home. And she said the very first night that you spend there, you're going to experience there's a guy in the garden, and he comes in the back door, and you're going to experience that. And when she told me that, I was like, hey, that's cool. But now I look back on it, it's like, I hadn't bought the house yet or put an offer in or anything. So for her to say that I was already going to have that experience, was like she already knew I was going to buy this house. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and, and she was right on that, too, because the whole night I'm like, okay, nothing really big is going on. You know, nothing great, nothing spectacular. And then I was just walking through the house, um, and I walked by the basement door. And all of a sudden, there was just this loud bam, bam, bam on the door, like three loud pounds. And I was just, of course, I jumped like 100 feet because I was like, oh, my God, I was totally not expecting that. <laughs> um, but it goes out to the back door. So it's like the back door, and then it goes to the basement. But it's like a double-sealed door that goes outside, so there's no airflow. And the way that was pounded on it was not just like a rattle shake. I mean, I trust me, I tried, I debunked the whole thing, and the only thing that made that sound is if we pounded on the other side of the door. <laughs> so, wow, it, it was crazy. So I was just like, okay, so he's here. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you hold on. You you told your realtor that you were looking to buy a haunted house, right? Yes. You have got to be the first and probably only person that that they have dealt with that that actually wanted to buy a haunted house. Yeah, she was she was really cool about it, and I actually had another one because I looked at several like many many properties before I decided, and I even had one um, that was really into it. So I was like, my she couldn't go, so I met the realtor for the property up there. And, she was so excited and she like followed around and she was like, so what's all this? And she was, it was, she just had a blast. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you know, I think what you've done is genius. You know, you, uh, you're a paranormal investigator. What better way to do your own private research that's uninterrupted, undisturbed than to have your own location that you can go as many times do you live there or do you did you buy as a separate home it's a, it's a separate home so i'm not always down there and then of course i don't i'm not able to get there when people are there investigating which um lately it's been it's getting pretty booked up so that's been really great nice. and um i just like i said i love collaborating with everybody to see what you know type of information um that we can get from the house so what we do know is i know there's three confirmed people that had died in the house 
and our deed itself goes back to 1884 when the land was owned by the Minneapolis-St. Louis Railroad, which runs right outside the backyard the tracks do. Um, So that creates a lot of energy as well. And, you know, who knows what happened back in the 1700s and things like that because the town itself was just on the Sioux Dakota Reservation line as well. So I'm sure there was a lot of bloodshed going on. Um, yeah. Town. The town was a big booming town in the 1800s. Um, you know, 500 it got to be like in 1920, which you know was a really big town back then. And now it's just pretty much dead. There's like three businesses in town. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very small town of only like 150 people live there. Um, so yeah, we just it's just a lot of history that we're trying to find out. Um, but the one we do know a spirit named Fred. Um, lived there, and he died in the home in 1958. He purchased the home in 1912, and he actually was the um, one of the store market owners, so he sold, like, dry goods and fancy things, and um, he was a real well-respected man. He helped um, build the Lutheran church there in town. He was on the fire and the school board, uh, so he, just, he was just a very well-respected man. Um, so I do ask him a lot of questions about history of the town and was kind of actually interesting, again, back to the spirit box. Um, I would, I would, I, one of my questions I said was, what is the name of the man who ran the newspaper? And he said Nib, which is short for, and it even says in the history book that I have on it, short for Nibblelink, who was the man who ran the newspaper, but they called him Nib in town. Wow. So, so that was kind of cool to to get that type of correlation. So, you know, when I when I've learned things about um, the family that used to live there, you know, I would ask them questions in in relation as to things that pertain to them, and I would get usually a correct answer back. And and again, on the spirit box, I was actually in the what we believe was their bedroom because it's the biggest bedroom that's in the house. We assume that that was Fred and, and Minnie's bedroom. But I have their wedding picture actually hanging in that room, and I had was running the spirit box, and I pointed to the picture of Fred and Minnie Eckert, and I said, is anybody here the people on the wall? And the spirit box re- replied, plain as day, you mean the Eckerts? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, they are totally looking at the picture I am pointing to. They know what I'm talking about. So, you know, if that that doesn't validate some stuff, you know, I just, I don't know what does. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I was about to ask you, I was about to say, Jill, how do you know that's Fred? But I think that pretty much sums that up, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of people have gotten the name Fred um, on EVPs and, Um, I've had a couple of psychics say that they've actually seen a man in overalls and, and they've been told that his name is Fred. So we're, we're pretty confident that Fred's there. And, um, if not, he sure responds to his name pretty well. Then. But, um, my team was actually just down there, uh, about two weekends ago. And it's something I've always wanted to do, but I, I like to always seem to run out of time because I forgot when you buy a haunted house and you own it, you have to clean it and stuff. So sometimes I don't get to investigate as much as I want to. Um, but anyway, I have um, the history book. I have a copy of it there. Uh, it's a whole history of the town with photographs. Well, there's a couple photographs of Fred in there at his store. And so I opened the book up, and I put it in the living room chair. Nothing's going on. I put a K2 meter on it, and I said, hey, Fred, do you remember this picture? Come on over here. Check this out. Do you know this photograph? And I kid you not, that K2 just started shooting up to red, 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 like he was so excited to see that photograph. It was just, just a really cool thing to see. And we usually don't get, um, I know K2 meters are hard to deal with, um, you know, to debunk or not debunk based on cell phones and electricity and things in the air. Yeah. But we have gone through that house with a fine-tuned comb. And, you know, unless you're, like, right up to that electrical box, um, we do not have a K2 or a high EMF problem at that house so when it goes off it's just it's usually pretty legit i love this <laughs> you know I, <laughs> you know it's and I, I think my favorite part is that these are as far as i know so far you've dealt with you know something intelligent and benign you know there's there's nothing out to get you at this location right <laughs> 
Yeah, there's. I've never had any issues. Um, everything to me seems really friendly. I know a couple people have maybe got like some pinches, um, but I think because they are male and they're a little bit more, I'm not saying provoky, but they're more aggressive Yeah. Um, that I think that, um, as somebody put it, they can get a little ornery if you keep bugging them. That yeah. was what somebody had said. And that's, and that's, you know, given with anybody, frankly, if you kept bugging me, I might pinch you too. So, you know. There you go. Manifest whatever I could and hit them with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do tell them all the time. I said, you know, it's fun because I talk to them all the time when I'm there, even just cleaning or whatever. I'm just like, hey, how's your week going? This was my week. I go on to a wedding. You ever been to one? So I just talk to them like they're there. Plus, I always have my voice recorder running. So sometimes I get responses on my crazy conversations of talking to myself. (laughs) But That is so um, cool. Yeah, so it's 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 just I tell them a lot of times it'd be really fun if you like scare people, but in a nice way. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I got a lot of questions, and one uh, today is December twenty first, like I've said, and we have the conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn, and I'm not, you know, I'm not well versed in star signs and astrology or anything like that. Um, do you plan on doing anything tonight? I, it's supposed to be like, a, you know, everybody says it's like a high energy kind of, you know, big grand vibrational kind of thing going on. Uh, do you think it's going to stir anything up for you or it, or do you plan to do anything with that? Yeah, I will. I myself won't be doing that tonight, but um, I do know like different things do cause different energy. I know a lot of people um, at the house say that when they're there uh, or have been there, when there's been like uh storms electrical storms it seems to kind of amp up the energy and i've had that happen too because i've been at other locations where it's storming and all of a sudden it just seems to kind of ramp things up so it wouldn't surprise me um that the star thing could potentially do that as well okay yeah i was, I was just curious because that just i don't know there's a lot of hype going on with tonight and you know i i don't have any location to go to and i don't know if i would if i <laughs> if i had the opportunity <laughs> i well, if I didn't have to get up at 5 a.m. to go to work, that could possibly have a little something to do with that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we uh, I, I teach now. So with all this COVID lockdown stuff, they, they sent us all remote. And tomorrow is our last working day before, you know, Christmas break. And they've made it work from home day. And I'm, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I <I'm>, have <laughs> So I, I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. tomorrow, I'll tell you that. And a few years back, Squatch Survival Gear started making packs to help special tactics units around the world survive the rigors of combat. You know, then they decided maybe they can help more people survive. So if you're looking for a rugged pack that you can trust not to fall apart when you need it the most, look no further. Squatch Survival Gear has a pack for you, and they will help you survive in the urban jungle to the deepest, darkest woods. You know, their packs are made right here in the United States of America, and they mean every component of their packs. Um, every part of it is made in the U.S. And uh, that's just as hard to find as a Bigfoot, is what Chris says. That's the, uh, the guy. <laughs> it's his company. Uh, Squatch Survival Gear. They have gear that will help you survive. Get yours at SquatchSurvivalGear.com. And if you go there today, you can use promo code BUMP10, B-U-M-P-10, and save 10% off of all purchases site-wide. Hey, if you like CBD products or you're looking to try them out for the first time, try HempBombs.com. Uh, Hemp Bombs have been, they, they are the leader in CBD products. Um, best potency for your buck, hands down. Everything is grown right there in the uh, in, in-house you know, from seed to distribution, Hemp Bombs takes care of it all. Uh, they have CBD gummies, lollipops, lip balm, uh, lotions, uh, pet treats. They have everything. Hemp Bombs, H-E-M-P-B-O-M-B-S dot com. Hempbombs.com. Try them out. Um, they even sell sample packs if you just want to try that. Use promo code 
BUMP, B-U-M-P, 20 to save 20% off site-wide on any products. That's BUMP, 20, B-U-M-P, 20, at hempbombs.com. You have nothing to lose. I believe they even have a 30-day money-back guarantee. I've used the products for years, and I I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't believe in the product. I'll tell you that right now. So go try them out. Um, use my promo code, save a little bit of cash. You won't regret it. And finally, um, go to the bumppodcast.com to catch up on all past episodes. Um, I'm going to start putting up some photos. I got some submissions here. So I'm going to start putting up some photos that go along with episodes or it's just bonus content that people want to send in. Uh, I have links to all of my merch uh, as far as Redbubble and Teespring go. I have the new YouTube channel up. I'm, I'm trying to do some work with it. There'll be a big, uh, a couple of big YouTube shows that I want you guys to not miss um, coming up in the next month or so. Within, well, some might come up next week. Uh, and I have an Etsy store. I did that just so I could sell some of the stuff that I was wanting to you know, be at these shows and conventions over the last year that we haven't been able to do. So I opened up an Etsy store. Um, right now, I got some bracelets on there. It's free shipping on those. That's why it looks like you know they're five bucks, but it's free shipping. So I'm probably what paying half half that five dollars probably goes to send it to somebody if they live on the West Coast or whatever. So um, I'm not getting rich here. I'm just trying to get this stuff out to you. So check all that out. My Etsy store will be the Bump Podcast. YouTube channel is The Bump Podcast, and of course, it's thebumppodcast.com. If you listen to any episodes on there, you can go over to the anchor.fm site. That's where they play them through, and there's a a listener support button there. I would love some support. Anything will be appreciated, okay? Love you guys. I'll get back to the show. That that question I asked you and, you know, the, the energy spikes and you working with Fred, and possibly, you know, three, four, five other entities, if you want to call them that there. Uh, it leads me to this question for you. And I, I'm sorry if I'm picking your brain too much. It just seems like you have a lot of experience, and I, I want to learn. What do you think uh, that they are, um, this other side? What, what, are we, what are we dealing with? I think it's the same person. They're just in a different form. They're just in a different energy form. Okay. And that's, you know, that's why a lot of people are like, oh, you know, they, they push me or they whatever. Um, they pinch me. They poke me. They must be evil. Well, it could just be a crabby old guy because if he's a crabby old guy when he dies, he's still a crabby old guy now. So that's why he's doing that. And I'm not saying that there isn't evil because there is, but I think it's mm-hmm. a lot rarer. I think a lot of times you're dealing more with somebody who, who usually when you die, most of the times you are who you are. So you're, you're not going to be a mean person and die and become and be nice and vice versa. Um, You just, you are who you are. So if you were like a mean serial killer, you're still going to have those tendencies to be a crazy serial killer type ghost. Except you can't kill somebody now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. um, but yeah, so I th- I just think it's a different form um, of type of energy, you know. I think that's what we're all kind of made up of, and we are made up of energy any t- anyway. So we're just kind of just manifesting our energy in a different type of form. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that energy never ceases, right? Right. So where else, you know, where else would that energy go? But it just I don't know. It, it yeah, bothers. There, there is a lot of different like dimensional things, and I, and I do know because part of why I started investigating was I was, I was actually afraid to die. Like I didn't want to be like buried in the dirt, and that was it. Like I couldn't handle just everything being black and dark, and that, and that, and that was the end. I, I just, it freaked me out. I just couldn't deal with it. And so that's kind of where I started with, well, if I can prove there's an existence on the other side, then I'll feel better about dying. And through a lot of the things I've done, I, to myself, have proven there is another existence on the other side. So then a lot of my questions that I tend to ask is, well, what goes on over at the other side? Yes. What, yes. You know, that, that type of stuff. So I have gotten a few things. Now, whether it's true or not, 
I can't tell you, but this is just, you know, things that they've told me. So I remember hearing one time on the spirit box, like I heard like spirit speaking to one another. Like one said, <clears throat> it said, um, my name is Drew and followed by pleased to meet you with a different voice. And it got me to think, and I'm like, well, gosh, do you meet other people when you're over there? So I would focus on that question. Several times I got a yes. Um, I've gotten that they can follow you home. I've gotten that your loved ones do come to get you when you die. Um, Just different things. But if you, you know, take not only that, I guess I've just had two personal I guess experiences with, well, maybe three, but two that I can really think of that um, my uncle had passed away and he would come visit my aunt for maybe it was about a week after he died. She would just find him sitting, just sitting in his chair, like just plain as day. He would come to visit and he would disappear. But he told her that there is a heaven and it's beautiful. And so I was like, I was, I always remembered that. And then before my mother passed away, I said, hey, I don't care what you got to do, but you got to tell me. You got to come tell me somehow that there's another side. Yeah. And um, and this was pretty much on her deathbed. And she, she said, I, I will if I can. That's all she told me. So I think like two days after she passed away, my daughter had the most vivid dream of my mother. Mm. She said she looked really good. She was talking. She told me to tell you the answer is yes. She goes, I don't know what that means, but that's what she told me to tell you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I, and I had never told my daughter that's what I had said to my mother. So I was just like, huh. So that was pretty cool. A couple, you know, really cool experiences that I've had where I kind of um, at least increases my faith that something is going on. Yes, absolutely. Well, see, I asked that, and you gave me perfect answers, but that just makes it that much worse. Because now, <laughs> you know, now I'm thinking, okay, so they're, they're still people. They're, they're just a, a different energy form. They can obviously interact with us. They can, they can probably see us. If they can pinch us, they know where we're at, so they can see us. Why can't we see them? Is it a dimensional thing? Is it through our... Uh, vision spectrum that we we just don't have the range to see them uh, are they on a different frequency you know like we just can't get their station you know well, they, just... it, it takes so much energy for them to show themselves and that's why you rarely see apparitions and shadow figures and that type of stuff so that takes a lot of energy to do that and it's interesting that you said the frequency thing and that's a lot of times where we don't hear them speaking to us, but if you have a voice recording, you play it back. Why is it that we can hear that voice? Because they're speaking in a different frequency and our own ears can't hear it. But that voice recorder can pick it up and record it and play it back to the frequency that we can hear it. Okay. Um, so there's kind of a lot, a lot with that. So I think that's why it's not as common to actually see an apparition. Otherwise, you know, boy, if that was the case, it'd be a dime a dozen and everybody see them every day. Well, yeah. Um, well- it seems like we would be walking through ghosts 24 hours a day, you know, with, with energy not stopping and people passing on, you know, through over the his, you know, history. Um, do all people stay, you think, or do they pass on to to heaven? Can they come and go? Uh, I just got so many questions. You know, I wish I could just, <laughs> I could just bend God's ear and let him just tell me everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and just in some of my research, and, and I know what other people have found, I think some spirits can come and go. Um, you know, some probably go up as to what we call heaven, and maybe that's just the, like, top dimension of the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and that could be, be what heaven is, and, and whether and how they transform through different dimensions and things are things that w- I don't think we'll ever know. And I don't think we're supposed to know yeah, a lot either. of things. And, and that's why I do know a lot of times when I am – talking to spirits and I feel like, oh, I'm getting responses to like, oh, what's going on over there? Um, but it seems like the instant I start talking about um, God and Jesus and things like that and heaven, they shut up and they quit talking to me. And then the, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's silent. Like I don't get any spirit box responses at all anymore. So I think <clears throat> there is kind of like an unwritten 
you can't tell the live people everything. Yeah. Um, and and I kind of had that. Um, that was like one of those other experiences I was talking about. We were actually um, investigating the Saddamsville Rectory in Ohio, and we were getting some really good um, interaction with the K2 and, and, you know, just using it to respond with questions. And he said he was the priest and there is a priest that lives there because he committed suicide. And he said he felt that he, he was, he regretted doing that. Um, but then I started asking him, you know, beyond life questions and, and he started to oblige some questions. Um, but then I just kind of said, well, can you, um, so if he touches it, the answer was always yes. And I said, can you let me know, is there a heaven? Well, he didn't respond. Like, it didn't answer. So I'm like, so you're saying there's no heaven? And he didn't respond at all, which still meant no. And I said, you can't tell me the answer to this question, can you? And then it went all the way to the red, all the way to the red. Like, no, I cannot tell you the answer to the oh, question. <laughs> gosh. Well, you know. So that's okay. kind of where I feel like they can't tell you everything. Okay, so maybe they can't reveal secrets, uh, but also maybe, and this is just, I'm a little paranoid maybe, but maybe uh, what you're dealing with doesn't like the topic. You know, is it, do you think maybe it there's a, like some trickster elements going on um, that you're not dealing with something that's as simple as a human uh, energy? Right, and when I'm talking to the spirits, am I guaranteed that's who I'm talking to? No, it's right. not, but I just have to go with what I feel, you know, and, um, you know, whether they're even telling the truth or not, and, you know, maybe if I start getting, you know, because I'll do it at different locations. It won't be like, oh, it's the same location. I ask the same question. I feel like if you start getting the same type of answers, you can start to kind of piece things a little bit together and uh-huh. make it a little bit more collaborative. Um, you know, so, and again, I think anything we do in the paranormal world, um, it's all speculative. It's, it's because, you know, yeah, we got this piece of equipment that says that, you know, but can we a hundred percent prove, you know, can they really talk through the waves? You know, we feel like they can, I feel like they can, Yeah. you know, but everything's just a speculation when, when, you know, dealing with anything paranormal or, or really the unknown, it's all just a guess. Right. Well, you know, I think that if anyone would find out, it would be through methods like what you're doing. You know, you have your own location. You have known spirits in the house that you can communicate with regularly, and they seem to be pretty open with you. I think, you know, you're on the the cutting edge of all of this as far as um, what you can find out about the other side. Uh, You know, I just... I think it's amazing. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, it's 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 something when you. I think that's the adrenaline rush you get at times when you're doing the investigation too. Is is kind of, you know, there's just a c- couple things probably that just that, oh my god, I made contact. That's like the most awesome feel. And then yeah. for me, I love history, old history, and I love being in old buildings. And I can just like step back and just be like, wow, this used to be a really cool building if you took all the mold off of it. But it was a really cool building, you know. So you could just just a step back in time is just such an amazing feel. Like to some of the places I've been and, and places where they don't allow people. Um, like we went to the Fergus Fall Asylum in Minnesota, and they've only allowed a couple people in there. And um, it was just so amazing. The pillars, everything that was in there, just underground tunnels, just leading to places we didn't know. It's wow. just, just a really cool, just amazing thing to experience. Yeah. And, you know, I think a reason why you're having so much success with this is obviously just by talking to you, you know, for the first time, you're not in this for the novelty. You know, you're you're not in it just for the – the, the thrill and for the shock value, you you seem like you're just as much of, of a historian and, you know, student of all this as you are an investigator. You know, like you're, you're, you seem like you're really open and you're eager to learn and you're not there to disturb anything either. You said you're not there to, to cast anything away. You're, you're there to observe. And I I think that's, that has to be, you know, a benefit to what you do. 
Yeah, thank you. I just I have such a huge passion uh, to do the paranormal and and to learn and um, you know now like I say having my own location getting to know you know my spirits even you know more on a personal level. You know when you go into some of these locations, you can read the history of oh so and so died here, and so you can maybe connect with them a little bit, but you're never going to have that constant repetition with them. To them, you're just like oh here's another ghost person, you know. <laughs> Where now it's like. When I come in, I mean, we've gotten, um, I think, one of my favorite EVPs, and it was, like, right after I started just opening it up to other investigators. So, you know, I probably spent maybe two or three months in there um, just cleaning and getting the house ready, you know, talking to the spirits, you know, educating them on what a REM pod was and how it works. Because if you think about it, these are weird things. They didn't have these back in the 1900s. Right, yeah. um, you know, so I just kind of spent a lot of time getting to know them, and I think it was maybe the third or fourth group that came in there. Probably, like, within 15 minutes of them setting up, they got an EVP that said, where's Jill? So then I was like, oh, they missed me. I felt really like that, you know. I was like, I just want to go there now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Wow. Well, I have one preloaded question <laughs> that I've been, I've been waiting to ask. And it's nothing bad. I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. Um, it's just something that I, I think about all the time because I had a, a pretty gnarly experience when I tried to bite off more than I could chew. Uh, I did a little very, very amateur ghost hunting about 12, 14 years ago, and uh, I quit about 10 years ago because, I, I, like I said, I bit off more than I could chew, and I felt like I had something attached to me. So my question is, what do you do, if anything, to protect yourself when you go into these places? Uh, I used to, if I felt it was a place for going that that had a lot more negative energy, I would carry um, just a a couple crosses that I had, um, just because to me, it just felt, um, it just made me feel stronger, like I could fight off something if something attached. Um, and then I had like a little talisman or something that's supposed to only to, um, keep good spirits around you, not evil spirits. So, and I get just the feel of that. And then, um, and even to this day, well, except for the Boyd house, because I, I'm there all the time and I know they don't follow me home, but um, we would just say like a little prayer and say, you need to stay here. You can't follow us home, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I protect myself. Now I do know a couple of times um, some of our investigators, had forgotten to do that and then they had some stuff happen at their house and then eventually they sent them back but um like i know right right after we got back from one place it was just a couple days later and uh alex he lived just in an apartment building with him and his wife and all of a sudden the faucets started turning on like the bathroom would turn on even the tub the sink the kitchen sink and like this has never happened and then like the furnace would go all the way up and uh or not the furnace because they were living in an apartment but also the temperature would be like 100 all the way up and they like didn't touch it just weird stuff their dog would start going crazy so he just got yeah. safe the whole place and everything was fine he's like i think it was that little girl <laughs> you know and then um donna woke up one time and there was a cowboy standing in her in her in front of her bed she's like well hello <laughs> So she sent him on his way, and um, so yeah, we've we've had a couple people that have just um, then they just kind of sage and say you need to go back to where you are. So, but I personally haven't had anything follow me home. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, yeah please do. I, I hope I hope saying that doesn't you know challenge any anybody or anything. To, <laughs> oh yeah, and a, a cowboy, huh? Yeah, she just, uh, I think we were kind of, uh, I don't even remember where we were, but it had something to do with it. That's why she's like, I'm pretty sure he came from there. It might have might have been when we did the stagecoach in, so yeah. um, that, that could have been when that happened. We go to so you, many places, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm sure. But it, it just, it, it piqued my interest when you said cowboy because I had a guy on. Um, he's actually the host of the Best Virginia podcast. He, uh, he said when he was young, he had an apparition phased through the window, like through the wall from outside, walked up 
to them and came through the wall in into the the room they were playing in, and it was a cowboy. He said, but it was completely pink, like maybe it was trying to present itself as, you know, friendly or whatever. But mm-hmm. have you had anything like that? Like uh, I know you mentioned the apparition that you had seen before on camera, but have you have you had any like face to face anything that just wigged you out kind of thing? Uh, no, I haven't, um, and that was more of a shadow figure versus because it was almost like a black mass, body mass. So I don't like to feel like if you were looking at somebody, it would be more of an apparition type. I'm just dying. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. I don't know. We must have got disconnected there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make something of that, but. I've had three or four episodes where I've I've spoken to people about paranormal stuff and calls get dropped. It it hardly ever fails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you haven't had um, an actual full body apparition or anything. I think it's where we left off at. Yeah, I personally haven't um, seen a full body apparition. Just the one that I talked about was more of a shadow type figure. Um, my husband has actually seen a figure up on the banister. He was coming in and happened to look up and he just kind of saw like a woman with long brown hair. She was wearing white. He thought it was me for a split second and then she disappeared and then realized that wasn't me. Um, so he got, he got to see something at the Boyd house and I've just had, um, different things happen. Like I've been touched. Um, I had something jump on a bed with me at the Velocia murder house. Um, it was, uh, like they had those old springy type beds. So when you sit on them, they're really boingy and they move up and down very easily. Um, yeah. and so I was just saying, Hey, come on in, let's play. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun in here. And I was waiting for my friends to show up cause they were in a different room. And when I said that, then all of a sudden the hole, it was like somebody just sat down in the whole bed was like, boing, and I was like, oh, my God, and I, like, jumped up. (laughs) So, you know, you kind of get startled. I've had a lot of startling moments, but um, nothing that's made me want to just be like, whoa, okay, maybe I should take a step back or I shouldn't be doing this. So, I mean, I have have seen my friend get thrown across the room before. What? (laughs) And that still didn't stop us from doing stuff. (laughs) Don't say that so casually. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, he got thrown across the room by a ghost. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, so we were at this um, place called Whispers Estate in Indiana, and that's known to be um, a well-known, not-so-nice ghost that lived there because the guy, like, killed him. He was a doctor, and he killed Well, he didn't, like, kill, kill, but um, let's just say he was not a good doctor. (laughs) So a lot of people are buried in his backyard. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And and so just a lot of bad, evil things that have happened in this house. And there's there's this one closet that's up there, and it's like a big double-door walk-in closet. So it's huge. You can, like, have several people in there. There's, you know, a table in there and chairs and um but the people said that the guy, his name was Virgil, dropped dead on the day of his retirement right in front of that closet because he was putting his tools away, and he's really ticked off about that. So they don't even like to come up there. And people have actually gotten locked in that closet uh, when it's one of those locks that you kind of pick up and slide over and then drop back down. So they don't even know how people are getting locked in there. Um, so, of course, we have to go sit in the closet. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then my um, we were in there and something in my head said get out of this closet but I don't like closets anyway I always feel like the door is going to shut on me which is you know it's a, a normal thing to think about so okay. I just thought oh well it's just me you know thinking so I stepped out of the closet and Teresa's sitting way in the back on a chair all by herself and on the spirit box then it said shut this door and we didn't do that either and next thing you know she comes flying her in the chair out all the way across up to the railing that was there, the step railing. Thank God there's a railing there. She would have went down the steps. Oh. And she just, like, landed on all fours, and, she, and when she was just like, oh, my God, they just pushed me, and she's freaking out, <laughs> you know. And we're we're trying to debunk it. I'm like, well, with the chair? And she's like, look, if it was the chair, you know, she's like, first of all, the chair's steady, and second of all, I wouldn't be this far out if the chair tipped over. <laughs> 
goodness. She's like, something yeah. picked it up and pushed me with that chair. So that was a, for her, that was a pretty, pretty scary moment. Yeah, I guess so. You know, and uh, you know that kind of goes along with what you were saying earlier. It doesn't have to be necessarily uh, evil. It could just be a a bad dude, you know. <laughs> a, right, right. Just a jerk of a guy, anyway. That's still hanging around. Well, why don't you, uh, if you if you don't mind, tell people where where they can uh, find you online, uh, the Void House, how they can book you know, uh, an investigation there or whatever, and just, you know, take it away with however we can get the word out. Yeah, you could uh, visit us on our website, which is St. Croix Paranormal, and that's S-T-C-R-O-I-X, paranormal.com. You can find us on Facebook under that, and then our Boyd House is just under Facebook, under Boyd House. You can find that. um, It's got videos and different things that other people have captured. Um, and you can direct email us to at boydhouse217 at yahoo.com. So you can get in touch with us um, any of those three ways um, to, you know, request an investigation, to send us a date request. And we do 175 a night and you for up to eight people and you can investigate from 3 p.m. till noon the next day. So you've got plenty of time to sleep after being up all night. Um, so, yeah, we'd be happy to have anybody that's interested in coming. Fantastic. And, of course, you got your YouTube channel, too, right? Correct, yes. Just under our St. Croix Paranormal. Um, that'll have a lot, quite a few stuff that we did at Boyd as well, and then just kind of all of our other fun adventures throughout the last 10-some-odd years. Awesome. Well, Jill, I really appreciate you being on here. If you have anything else you want to talk about, you know, i got a little bit more time. I was supposed to have another interview coming up, but... You know, I've had to reschedule with that guy like eight times already, so I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Um, no, I think I think I have anything good, unless you have any more questions for me, because I I can answer anything pretty much. <laughs> well, <laughs> if anything else comes to mind, I'll shoot you an email, and uh, maybe we can bring you back on the show. If anything else develops at the Boyd House, I would love. Oh to yeah, go. most definitely, I'd be happy to be on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, that's the show for this week, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you do enjoy it, please go to wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Give us a five-star rating, a review, or a thumbs up, or whatever you can do. Uh, keep spreading the word about the podcast. I really appreciate that. Uh, let me see. Updates. Yes, the website. We have thebumppodcast.com up and running now. Uh, you can go listen to every past episode. There's a, a page for that. I got all the cover art on there. You just click on the, the title of the show. It takes you straight to that episode through my anchor.fm account. And from there, if you wish to donate to the show, you know, to help support everything, which um, sponsors kind of come and go. But that monthly support, that really helps out to get, you know, more equipment and to, to make it a better listening experience for you guys. You can do that from there. Also, there's links to my Teespring and Redbubble merch pages. You can go there and get uh, probably half a dozen different t-shirt styles are out there now. we got mugs, stickers, anything you can think of is available with some kind of new design that I've put out there on Redbubble. And there's some on Teespring still yet. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Facebook. I uh, don't think I'm forgetting anything, but... Yeah, just check out the site. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I love everybody there that's sitting at home or on their commute listening to this show. Um, It means a lot to me. And we'll just keep doing this until people stop calling in with shows. (laughs) Thanks again, guys. Until next time. Okay, if you're hearing this, it means you stuck around to the very end of the episode. Um. So, since you're here, why don't you go ahead and listen to what I picked up? Um, I I can't make it out, but it sounds like it's a it's an authentic EVP. It's a, a one to two syllable word, maybe, uh, that was just whispered in between us talking. Just classic, man. Um, I'll go ahead and play it about you know four or five times, maybe if I can get it to stay that many times.
And uh, then I'll let you go. But check this out and please holler at me. Let me know what you think about this. Thoughts? Suggestions? Ideas? Am I just tripping? Let me know.